This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. It's a beautiful morning. Ah, yes it is. Good morning. It's Monday morning. Time for Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Lisa Mills music, uh, as well as the young rascals there. Uh, you know, Carol is away today, so uh, Java and I are going to steer this ship right on into the harbor. And Carol uh, had a great show last weekend without me. I was in South Carolina, and she, and Carol was here with uh, John Currents talking about breakfast. And Chico Harris sh- shared a great uh text with me saying that uh, like Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band uh, and a concert he had seen. Everything for, for Chico is a reference to Bruce Springsteen. So, so he, he said that he'd been to a concert and Bruce had left early and the E Street kept playing and it was fantastic. And he equated that to my being gone and Carol and Java and John Currents doing a fabulous job. And I agree. So, but today I have a very special guest in the studio with me, Hattiesburg native and Jackson resident, Mississippi staple, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame writer. And great friend, Mr. Rick Cleveland. Hello, Ricky. Hey, Malcolm. How you doing? Man, I couldn't be any better. It's a kind of a rainy day, but uh, for the most part, life is good here in early spring. Uh, so what you been eating, man? You were telling me a few minutes ago about a dish you cooked this weekend. Uh, a lot of people don't know that you, uh, you're a home cook. You're a chef of your own. Yeah, right? my brother Bobby and I both got that from our daddy. Our daddy was a really really good cook besides being a good writer and other things i mean you and bobby are just uh fruit off the old tree and yeah we just took it i mean you know when he would cook meals and a lot of it was cooked outside on grills we we were right there you know it was uh he had our undivided attention and (laughs) uh and he told great stories while he cooked too so that was part of it uh this week uh saturday i smoked a boston butt all day on cherrywood what kind of rig you got oh i've got a uh, i've got the new oversized weber Mm -hmm. which is big enough to where you can have coals all around the ring ring of coals yeah and then you have the 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 soft spot in the yeah, middle. Yeah, in the middle. And, uh, yeah, so it, it really turned out well, and I c- cooked a big old pot of turnip greens mm. with a ham hock. I love getting and hungry onions this time of the morning. And garlic. And and then with the leftovers yesterday, I made, I, I, for lack of a better term, a button turnip soup. <laughs> All right. <laughs> with white beans. You turn your, your, your butt into a soup. Right, and it was terrific, and I made a stock out of the big bone. And so turnips, the, turnip greens. Turnip greens. Onion, Boston butt. And onion, garlic, and I'm, I used um, great northern beans. Yeah, the white, big yeah, white ones. Yeah. Wow. Terrific. Now, growing up in Hattiesburg, uh, do you remember any particular eateries that you used to go to with, with Ace, your dad, and your mom, or, or did y'all mostly just eat at home? Absolutely. I remember uh, we ate a lot at home, but we ate out a lot, too. Uh, one of my favorite memories of, of my dad is 
when I first started riding sports, I was 13, 14 at the, at the Hattiesburg American. And wow. Like your son started about that thing. Yeah. If, yeah. I'm, and, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So Tyler's been writing since he yeah. was old enough to walk. Yeah. But the, the deal was when I would get my story written on Friday nights, we would go to Jimmy Fones. You remember oh, Jimmy Fones? I love Jimmy Fones. He was the mayor of Hattiesburg. He had a terrific uh, restaurant. He did. And my daddy would buy me a, a ribeye, and I would eat like three helpings of that salad. That salad and that dressing he made. It was, it was a lot like Primo's dressing, as I recall. Right. But my understanding is that they, the people that have the Gold Post restaurant in Hattiesburg Still. have that recipe and make that dressing. Really? Now, yeah. isn't it sort of a tossed, wet-type salad? It was. It wasn't a pour on top dressing. It no, was a, it, it was. It was. It was already tossed. Yeah, sort of yeah. like doughs, you know. Right, right, right. The uh, wet salad we call it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you think that's available at the goalpost? I think so. That, that's a road. I've trip heard right that. There. I haven't had a chance yeah, to go check try. it out, but I'm going to check it out. But I remember Jimmy Fawns really well, and uh, I used to go there as much as I could as a student. You know, I arrived in Hasburg 1974, and. Started working in a restaurant. As you know, I worked at the Ramada Inn. Yeah. It was called EJ's Restaurant and Lounge. Pool tables, too. Yep. And mm-hmm. and I worked with Lisa Mill's mother, Jan. Uh-huh. Lisa Mill, the great musician and whose music we listened to a minute ago. Friend of yours. Yeah. But Lisa's mom, Jan, was the hostess for the restaurant, and I was in the kitchen cooking. And Lisa used to come in and help her mom uh, you know, bus tables and stuff. So Lisa and I in the early seventies were actually working together, uh, in, in a restaurant and didn't even know it. And years later, we, we pieced those pieces together of the puzzle and figured out that she was Jan's daughter and that I was the guy that worked in the kitchen there. Yeah, boy, she is, she is about to hit the big time. Yeah. yeah. She is Lisa Mills. If you don't know her, look her up, give it a search. Now, you never worked in the restaurant business, right? Because you came, you just went straight into writing. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, but the summer between my ninth and tenth grade years, I had, had decided, since I was five foot three and weighed 108 and couldn't hit a curveball, <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to make a living playing. So I, I decided I was going to be like my daddy and write about it. And I did. And But I had to take typing because you had mm. to be able to type to. Right. To work at the Hattiesburg American, so I went to you. I took a typing class in the ninth grade at uh, at USM. I was about, I really was about five foot tall and weighed about <laughs> ninety five pounds, and I was in there with all these college students taking typing. Taking typing, yeah. So I could, so I could write, and uh, so I never worked in the restaurant business, but um, through my mom and dad, I I had a long. Uh, appreciation of them we uh some uh, you know you know most of these places too besides jimmy phones we ate an awful lot at the frost top oh yeah oh, man yeah and, and the california old california sandwich shop my favorite yeah which, coney island coney island yeah. what about the the rib place out on 49 oh wagon wheel the wagon wheel. it was terrific terrific yeah. ribs dry ribs right and i remember we would always stop there when we traveled. My dad had a circuit of restaurants where he would stop, and we always stopped there. And I'll never forget one time we were in there, and they brought out the menu, and we all ordered, and I ordered fried shrimp. And my dad <laughs> said to me, son, this is a barbecue restaurant. 
you don't order fried shrimp in a barbecue restaurant. And I said, you know, Dad, I like ribs, but today I think I'm going to have fried shrimp. <laughs> well, that's like Willie going into the Mayflower and ordering spaghetti. <laughs> Which know. he did all the time. All the time. It's for the cats. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't going to eat it anyway. That's right. So speaking of Willie Morris, uh, you ate a lot of meals with Willie Morris. Can you can you remember a few that that were particularly memorable? Going out to eat with Willie and big meals, and I know he used to have those home parties where he'd make up the menus and the, the I've place. St- I've still got some of those menus. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've got them. He, yeah, Willie was a uh, terrific dinner host. A lot of times, it was Chinese takeout. Right. <laughs> It was easier that way. Yeah, it was. And um, but he would have these elaborate menus that featured all his guests. Right. As he would name the dish. After Each the dish, dish. Yeah. had a name. Yeah. Uh, Manning potatoes and yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dizzy Dean green beans or whatever. Yeah, but I, you know, we. I just remember a lot of times Mayflower used to close at. Uh, 10 i think and we would go in there on friday night at 9 30 with uh and they'd see willie coming and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well we're gonna be here to 1 a.m right. again tonight pack a lunch yeah. willie's here it's gonna <laughs> be a long night yeah uh, indeed and, a lot of stories to tell and bill's bill's greek tavern was another favorite place and crochelles we went to crochelles yeah. a lot and played the jukebox and willie always pretended that it was somebody's birthday at the table right <laughs> well they, you didn't have to pretend somebody had a birthday there every night oh my gosh so uh when we we're going to take a break but when we come back we're going to talk about you know life and times on the road as a sports writer stadium food press box food great places you've discovered along the way and and one thing too we're going to talk about is places that sports writers sort of put on the map places that you found shared with others uh and that and that great tradition so it's time for our break today carol puckett unfortunately is away but my friend rick cleveland is here we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, good eats that he's found in stadiums and sports arenas all around the country if you have a, fav- a favorite game meal or a, a dish that you like to tailgate with, call us. Tell us about it. We'll put you on the air. We'll put you in touch with Rick Cleveland. And we don't even mind if you talk about sports. We're Deep South Dining at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Deep South Dining and Rick Cleveland. Stay tuned. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. 
You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here today with Rick Cleveland. Carol Puckett is away. This is Deep South Dining. We'll listen to the music of the great Lisa Mills. Ricky, sounding better than ever on this record. Yeah, this, the mu- <laughs> you got the music down. <laughs> if we could just figure out what to talk about, right? Yeah. All right, we're here with Rick Cleveland. This is Deep South Dining. Carol is away. Please give us a call if you want to join the fun. Uh, we are here to talk about... Uh, Food, press box cuisine, food on the road. Um, Ricky's a great home cook. Um, he was just telling me on the break about a, a, a beer biscuit that your dad made. Tell me about the beer biscuits. They were tiny, um, little bitty biscuits that he would mix. And, and, and somewhere, and I don't, he never had a recipe. That's mm. the problem I've got with all of Ace's uh, dishes, the ones that I wish I had. I do have his. He he did a brisket that he did in the oven that was mm-hmm. unbelievable. I do have that one, but I can't ever get it to come out like he did. Well, you would think as a writer he would write his recipes down, but he, no, he, they were all all in there, all and, in the and, and Liz, uh, my wife, gives me hell about the fact Same that, thing. Yeah, that I don't write anything <laughs> down. That I just I just go with my head. But Dad made a little tiny beer biscuit. They were light and and just so delectable. They were really good. Obviously, he put some beer in there after yeah. he made the batter. Yeah, and uh-huh. I don't know what Did the, that help them rise, I would think, maybe? The, well, they didn't rise much. They were oh, they were kind bit, of flat. They were little bitty biscuits, huh. uh, but they were they were fluffy still. I don't know how he did it, but anyway, they were, and we would uh, eat them with butter and strawberry jam, and it was a treat. So you're at Mississippi today now, writing. You you've had a long storied career with the Hattiesburg American. I think you were in Monroe, Louisiana. At one one time. year, yeah. One year, yeah. Uh, Claren Ledger forever. How many years with the Claren Ledger? Thirty four. And the Jackson Daily News. Thirty four years. Did you start at the Jackson Daily and go to the Clarion, st- or did you do both? I started at the Claren Ledger, went back, went to the Daily News, and then when they combined the two. Mm-hmm. I was a sports editor over over both of them. Believe it or not, at that time we had we had I had a staff of twenty seven. Are there even twenty seven people left in the building at the Clarion Ledger today? I'd say yeah, in the whole building, but in the newsroom, I'm not sure there are twenty seven. But you had a staff of twenty seven. I had a twenty seven sports writers. Wow. I mean, we and you know we. It was not unusual that we would put out a you know like a. 24-page Sunday sports section. I mean, we we had a real, real sports page going. Now, what about the Hasburg American? Was that before the Clarion Ledger? Yeah, I was at the Hasburg. That's when you were growing up. There. I worked there uh, through high school, through college, and, and, and finally left Hattiesburg when I was 27 years old. Uh, now, did you go to the old Hattiesburg High downtown? Was no, that but that's where that was where we had our journalism. That's oh, where we put okay. out the school newspaper. So we oh, would, okay. we would go there for sixth period every day and uh, 
from the from the new Hattiesburg High School. Uh huh. Yeah. Now here's another Hattiesburg uh, restaurant. I bet you remember Ma Twilly's. Oh yeah, yeah. What a spread. Yeah, you always had to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> she. It was a boarding house. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like the uh, the thing in Mendenhall. The yeah, round tables. Table. Yeah, mm-hmm. round tables. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. Right. They had they had the thing in the middle that you just... The Lazy it. Susan. Yeah. Loaded it. we go every Sunday when, when I was in Hattiesburg. And uh, it was our favorite, you know, close, you know, I was in the restaurant and bar business. We were up late at night. Like you were a sports writer, you were up yeah. late at night, and then we go to Ma Twilly's every every Sunday morning for our. We, we went there Sunday buffet when I was at when I was at Southern. We went to Ma Twilly's on the day that finals ended, when you had been, you know, cramming and studying for three or four days up late at night, and then you go there for your lunch. And then you just go somewhere and sleep for about five or six hours. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you ever written anything but sports? Have you ever been a feature writer? Or, I mean, you were a columnist, so, I mean, you would venture. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when I was at the Clarion Ledger, I wrote, uh, you know, like after Hurricane Katrina, they sent uh-huh. me down to the coast for uh, for over a week right after the Katrina, and I wrote just people stories from down there. I, you know, I, I said at the time I could take a page out of my notebook, fold it into a paper airplane, and sail it, and wherever it landed, there was a great story. Right. You sure. know, it was all you know, and I covered. Uh, I've covered elections. I've covered. How uh, I got covered an execution at Parchman. Okay. Uh, you know, they just send me to wherever it's just writing right it's not that it ain't it ain't that different you tell what happened you know what are the basics yeah 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 yeah. what happened who was involved yeah and and how did it end and usually what's what's the most interesting part to you is going to be the most interesting part to the reader you know you just tell what 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 they need to know you know now, you mentioned Katrina, so uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you have favorite eateries on the coast, favorite towns, things you like to do when you go to the coast? You know, some of my favorite eateries are no longer with us. Like, right. what, I mean, I grew up, Dad would say, let's go eat some oysters, and we'd head down to Highway 49 to 90 and take a left, and we ended up at Bear Sebs, one of the great oyster bars of all time. Yep. All and those. then there was Fisherman's Wharf. Did y'all eat there much? Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite all-time Jackson restaurants was Fisherman's Wharf. Right. Out on the one Highway out on 80. That. Yeah. Uh, Jerry um, Sanos, I believe was his name. He had yeah. a great restaurant It was terrific. It's hard to believe today that our very best high-end restaurant was on Highway 80. In what years was that? Uh, it was in, Sometime it was, in the 80s? Well, I moved here in 79 and it was our go-to place for any you know memorable i mean if we yeah. were having an occasion that's right. where we went was to fisherman's war and speaking of that let's talk about places uh along the way the legendary places that as a sports writer and a traveling writer that you would stumble along and and later they would become kind of the the hangout or the ground zero for for travelers from this area well, two come immediately to mind, and first would be in Tuscaloosa, Dreamland, Ribs. I remember the first time 
I ate them. What, what year, Rick? <laughs> that would have been probably. Uh, I was I was working at the Clarion Ledger, so it it, it had to be after nineteen seventy seventy nine or after, and it okay. was probably right then mm-hmm. because I covered my first job at the Clarion Ledger was covering Mississippi State. I did that for two years, and then I covered Ole Miss for two years for it. I started writing columns, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was probably seventy nine or eighty is when when I uh, first discovered Dreamland. And you know that they, it's like they say they ain't nothing like them nowhere. Man, they're good. Yeah, and the sauce is. I, I still have a, I have a jar of the sauce in my refrigerator right now, and I have f- forever. I, I order it and keep it in my house. In fact, the other day I had some leftover rendezvous ribs from Memphis when I was in Memphis uh, for the for the international blues competition, and I had a I ordered the large so I would have some left over, and I brought them home and I put. Dreamland sauce <laughs> on rendezvous ribs, and I said, "That's what I like about the South." And you know what? Somebody responded on social media. What? What's wrong with the ribs uh, at Dreamland? And I said, "Not a thing. I didn't have any." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's like now when I'm going uh, to Atlanta or Birmingham, if, you know, my car just wants to veer right on McFarland Avenue. Right. <laughs> you know, Isn't it Jug Road or Jug Factory Road? Jug Factory you Road. You take McFarland exit to the right and then you go up past the McDonald's and take a left yeah. on Jug Factory Road. I, Not that I've I've been there a few times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one that's that's one of my all time favorites. And you um any sports writer who covers the uh Southeastern Conference can tell you all about it. Mm-hmm. Another favorite, is, I know it's a favorite of yours as well, was uh, no longer with us, was Uglesic. Ah, in and New Orleans, under the bridge. It's my favorite all-time restaurant. It was, period. It was a classic. It was a classic. Antony. Antony Uglesic. Yeah. yeah. I, still, got, I kept one of the menus. I still have a menu. Which, well, I've got the cookbook. you got the cookbook. I have the cookbook. Yeah, and I use it. it. I mean, it was terrific. And Anthony ended up living in Jackson after Katrina, if I'm not mistaken. He ended he, up up here somewhere. He in, ended up in Jackson, Tennessee. Really? He was in Tennessee. Oh, some yeah. reason I thought he was in, in our Jackson. No. Uh, now, locally... Sports writers and journalists, there were places where they would frequent and create a real scene, and certainly George Street was one of those places. Yeah, George Street was uh, the the watering hole, uh, and I think uh, the sports writers at the Clarion Ledger and Daily News put helped put Mayflower on that SEC writers to uh, culinary tour yeah, right. because we that's where we, that was our go to place to take them. Uh, and 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 then they'd come back and they say, "Can we go to Mayflower?" You know? Right, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Now you also mentioned a late night place that y'all would go uh, after work, the old Edgewater Landing out on the reservoir. Oh gosh, yeah, because you know a lot of times sports riders we have these things called night games, mm. and um, so you didn't get off work lots of times till eleven thirty, midnight, something like that. And Edgewater was open till three thirty a.m. and the kitchen did not close, and you could get a perfectly cooked filet mignon, 
at, at 1 a.m. 1 o'clock in the morning yeah. uh, out on the res. Yeah, plus, you know, usually some pretty good music. Yeah, there would be uh, Sam... Uh, Sam Wilkins. Sam Wilkins and the Lipstick Stains would be playing uh, out of Edgewater. <laughs> yeah. The one thing you had to avoid about, invariably, about one thirty or 2, there'd be some, somebody getting a fight. You, you had to be careful they didn't knock your filet mignon off, right. off the off table. I remember one of the first one of the first nights I was in Jackson. I was out there uh, after work, and a fight broke out, and one guy just beat the be Jesus out of the other guy. And when he finally had him, and the guy was just his head was eyes rolled back in his head, and the guy said. Don't mess with me. I'm from South Jackson. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. You remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Come back with Rick Cleveland. You're welcome to join the party by calling 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464. Shoot us an email at food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White. I'm here with Rick Cleveland, and we will be right back. Stay tuned. Oh, when I hear your name, I start shaking inside. When I see you stroll, I lose my self-control. That's what love will do for you. That's what love will make you do. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Welcome back to Deep South Dining, and happy Monday morning to one and all. Spring is just around the corner, and personally, I couldn't be happier, Ricky, because that means baseball season starts absolutely and you know what talking about food at stadiums i had a meal um in baltimore at at camden yards that was outrageous now it was expensive it was a it was a prime beef cut and they made these sandwiches out of it and my gosh it was good but as you and i were talking typically the food at Stadiums and sports arenas is not great. It's it's sufficient, but it's not great as a rule. Unless if we're wrong, please call and tell us. Has that been your experience? Yes. I mean, uh, you know, I don't go to that many games as a fan, so mm-hmm. I'm usually right. in, the in the press box. box. But I do. I have gone to many over the years. Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, Bratwurst. The the Brats at uh, Wrigley Field are okay, but mm-hmm. across the street in the restaurants, they're marvelous. Yeah, <laughs> marvelous. Uh, and they're a lot less expensive, too, than yeah, the ballpark Yeah, and that's the other thing food. about yeah. ballpark food. It's The price point is a little bit crazy because they're trying to recoup, I guess, some of the millions they pay their, their ballplayers. I don't know. Right. Uh, you know, old Tulane Stadium uh, – where the Saints originally played and yep. where the where the original Sugar Bowl and uh they had 
they had probably as good of ballpark cuisine as anybody, but it was just really, you know, well done hot dogs and, mm-hmm. and, and burgers and stuff. Now, in the press box, you said they put out a spread. In the press box at Tulane Stadium, there was a buffet that had fried chicken, you know, spicy fried mm-hmm. chicken, and then uh, before Popeyes, right? It's just called uh, New just Orleans Cajun, style Cajun, Cajun, Cajun fried Cajun chicken, fried chicken right. with and and uh, red beans and rice and sausage and uh, yeah, it would it was the best of all the uh, venues for for press box food. Interestingly. College-wise, it was the places, you know, that needed attention, needed some media attention that showed out on their food. So the the, the teams weren't that great, so they would put on a show they in were the press try, box. They trying to get you to come back, and then they would have a party afterwards with a full bar, you know. When I you mean, finally filed your well, story. The, what comes to mind immediately is Bob Hartley, the old sports information director at Mississippi State. For years, you know, State was finishing two and eight and three and seven and mm-hmm. you know, a uh, a good year would be five and five. But but in the press box, the sports writers uh we dined. You were eating high on the hog. They had steak day, and uh, where the Mississippi Beef Association would serve like inch and a half thick ribeyes that uh, were perfect for lunch. Yeah, for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, everybody else is sitting out there in the stands eating hot dogs, right? They were cold. <laughs> uh, another one that stands out. I used to, when I was at the Hattiesburg American uh, Southern Miss would play Louisiana Tech every year and there they were in Ruston and they didn't have, you know, a whole lot of press coverage. Mm-hmm. They'd have prime rib. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the uh big uh boil shrimp on ice. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was peel them and eat them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and and they were good. I mean it kinda got messy with your <laughs> typewriter. Now, were y'all using typewriters? We were using typewriters. You had not evolved to the laptop yet. The laptop, for me, the first time I used a laptop was when I came to the Clarion Ledger. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really a laptop. It was something we called a portabubble. And it it was basically just a word processor that you stuck a phone in that would transmit to your computers back at the office. Well, in the day of, of having a typewriter in the press box, what would you do with the written page? I mean, how could you get that back to the newspaper, to the to the news office? Well, originally it was uh, Western Union. Mm. Oh, okay. And then uh, what put Western Union out of, uh, out of business for that was uh, a machine called a Teleram that you would slide the pages in and they would go round and round and they would come out like a fax machine at the newspaper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it would be a copy. Yeah, and then there was the old-fashioned way. We just read it to somebody Over the on phone. the phone and then you, <laughs> you just prayed that they got it right because you never knew for sure. Wow. You know. Now, speaking of sports writing, your brother Bobby... Uh, uh, is, is also in this business. And we had him on the show recently to talk about uh, how he fries turkeys and brines them. He his, he brines is a big thing with him. You do that? Yeah, uh, he got me doing it. Uh, I use uh, uh, apple juice and um, uh, salt, a lot of salt 
and um, and some brown sugar is what I use in my brine. So do you cook more outside or inside or, or both? Both. Mm-hmm. Both. This time of year in the monsoon season, I'm, I'm cooking mostly inside. Although I did, we had a pretty day Saturday. Now, now, what are some of your specialties? If 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 you and Liz say we're going to have some people over, what 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 does she say, Ricky? I want you to cook uh, this. You know, I cook a lot of lamb, uh, oh, okay. rack of lamb, um, and uh, I also do leg of lamb. I always I I do it butterflied. I don't. I mean, I don't cook the whole lamb leg like right. some people do. I, I butterfly it and cook it on the grill, on my Weber grill. All the way through or bring it inside and finish it? No, I cook it all the way through on the grill. Uh-huh. And how long do you typically Oh, you cook, cook it leg? like a steak. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it, it generally ends up being about two inches thick in the thickest part, and you uh, you cook it like a steak over hot coals and... Um, uh, you know, probably maybe if it's that thick, you know, probably seven or eight minutes on one side. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and the most valuable tool, of course, is a, a really good meat thermometer. Right. Now, you <clears throat> earlier you mentioned uh, cooking the Boston bud on the grill, and you talked about using cherry wood. Is that your favorite? Nah, it's just whatever I have at the time. But cherry wood works really well. Uh, I like my my favorite is is Mississippi hickory. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm, I use hickory more than I use anything else. My brother loves applewood. Yeah, he does. And do you have a good source for these woods? Uh, well, what used to be McDade's is now Fresh Market. That's where I get mine in the bags. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And and speaking of grocery stores, there's an. Uh, this company out of Hattiesburg, the Roberts Corner thing. Market. I'm sorry. Corner Market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they've bought uh, three. They bought a, a Frugals and two McDades, and they're opening uh, up a grocery store in downtown Jackson. And the, do you know these people, the Roberts family? They're good, good friend. Uh, Forrest Roberts. Uh, his dad was Doc Roberts. Um, I know him through golf. We, we, in fact, I played golf with him down in Hattiesburg last week. Uh, they know the grocery business. Uh, and these will all be called corner markets, right? Right, corner markets. Uh, and they have one in Hasburg in the shopping center there where Robert St. John has all his restaurants. I've been in that one a right, few times. Right, and they have another one out uh, uh, close to, uh, oh, what's the golf course out west on 98? They have, no, I don't uh, know. Yeah, uh, but they they do... I mean, they have, you know, it's fresh produce, mm-hmm. uh, really good meat market, uh, pretty flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, well, they, I, <clears throat> I haven't been uh, into any of the stores as they are in transition. I think they just sort of acquired them a week or so ago, if, if I understand right. correctly. Of course, you know, I'm, I live in Fondren, and, and the old McDade's there. Now the corner market is is uh, a, it's almost a daily thing for me i always need something so you don't you don't stock up you go when you need it i go when i need it's you know it's a lot of times i walk up there it's not even a mile all right we got a caller on the phone from greenwood mississippi bill is uh, on the line and uh, what's happening bill oh not too much we're about to get flooded here in uh, in greenwood today yeah a lot of rain coming down out there 
when I was a little boy back there in the late 50s, early 60s, it was with my mom and dad on the neighborhood with the Fluor restaurant. I don't know why, but that seemed to be the place to be, you know, if you were eating out in Jackson. Lafleur's, which was Lafleur's, yeah. was in the old uh, um, hotel on the hill over there. Yeah, yeah the Fluor's The Jacksonian. Yeah. The Jacksonian Inn. Right. Is it still there now, or is it closed down? Long gone. Long mm-hmm. gone. Um, the hotel's gone. The restaurant's gone. Oh. But it was. It had an oyster bar in it. Yeah. It was a fantastic place. Bill, we used to eat. Uh, we used to eat there when we would come to Jackson for football games, and it was crowded. You always had to wait in line to get in. I, I saw Bill. I saw a copy of the guest book from from the Jacksonian Inn and Lafleur's restaurant, and everybody and their uncle that came through Jackson ate there, including Roy Rogers and Trigger. Yeah, <laughs> stayed at the, stayed at the Jacksonian Inn and signed the guest book. <laughs> Bill, what's your favorite Greenwood restaurant? I love eating in Greenwood. Yeah, Lusco's yeah. the Crystal. Yeah. Hello. The Crystal. Good, yeah, man, we listening good, to you. Good choices. Okay, have y'all ever been to Norfolk, Virginia? I don't know if you have. I have not. Neither. Well, I've been through it, but I no memorable stop. What, what you got there? Well, the big record, like when, when we were there before we moved here, uh, was Mason's uh, in the late 50s. It was a gigantic place and always busy. And, but, you know, Norfolk, a lot like places around here, everything closed up. Everything's changed. Yeah. Well, life life evolves. And new old places close sometimes. And new ones open up. I remember... On the coast, the old Friendship Inn. Do you remember that, Ricky? The Friendship House. House, sorry. The Friendship House, yeah. That was great. <laughs> Had lobsters. Yeah, I remember we were eat, eating there one Sunday and uh, at the Friendship House. It was my mom and dad, Bobby and I, and we had spent a long weekend in, in Biloxi, and Ace got his wallet out, and he... Yeah, just three or four dollars, and there's four credit cards now. Yeah, right. And he he said, "No, let's just sit here and let them eat crackers." <laughs> <laughs> Fill them up on crackers. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Bill, you still there? You gone? Uh-huh. Hey, man. Uh, where do you recommend if you come to Jackson? Now, good places. Ricky, where do you like to eat locally? Mayflower. Mayflower's Mayfl- great. May- Walker's Drive-In yeah. is, is, is great. Uh, Kate, uh, now out in Ridgeland, is great. Um, we've, got, we've got lots of new places. That's, that's the thing. I, they're yeah. opening up every, every day around here. Yeah, that lunch we had the other day uh, at the at the sophomore Spanish Club. That Ricky and I ate there, and right across the street, the Fine and Dandy is is a new place uh, out on a highway. But we are blessed uh, in Jackson with uh, with a lot of interesting uh, now ethnic restaurants. You know, I, I tell everybody the best pizza that I've ever had. I've been to Chicago, New York many times and eaten pizza, but the best pizza I've tasted is it Sal and Mookie's. That, Got a great one. The Gambino is just the one with Italian sausage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, I know it. Yeah, it's true. Hey, speaking of uh, Italian places, were you with the Cawthons when they ate the big meal at Mosca's uh, in Wagaman, Louisiana, outside of New Orleans? 
Of course. It, t- tell that story. That's a great well, story. We ate, at, we ate at Mosca's, and we ordered the menu, basically. We ordered the oysters, Mosca, the garlic chicken, and, you know, all those great old dishes they did. And there was a table of eight of us, and when we finished, they were going to give us the check. And you said, we said, I think it was Rod that said it, you know what? We want to do this all over again. <laughs> Bring the entire order. <laughs> yeah, we want the whole thing over again. <laughs> man, those baked oysters, those Italian baked oysters. Oysters Moscow, man. Bread crumb, Italian breadcrumbs. Oh. Outrageous. And that garlic chicken rocks it, too. And yeah. they, Don't they have squab or pheasant or something you weird know, like the, that? The, the two dishes that I remember and order every time I'm in there are the oysters Moscow and the garlic chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Moscow's is a... a Called an Italian Creole restaurant. It's it's out in Wagaman, Louisiana. It's a ways out Way there. Way out there on Highway ninety, I believe yeah. it is. Look it up. Yeah. If you're interested in something really remarkable. It is. <laughs> give that a try. And and Uglesitches, as you talked about, was a, was another great, I guess, Italian Creole style seafood restaurant that that's yeah, gone, gone it, away. It would it opened at ten in the morning. And it didn't, you know, obviously it didn't have breakfast, but at 10 o'clock, the line would start forming to get in. You'd have to wait in line to get in there every time. All right, time for another break. We'll be right back with Rick Cleveland talking about cooking, home cooking and uh, eating on the roads, press boxes and and food that sports writers uh, get to partake in. If you have a question for Rick or myself, give us a call. We're always happy to hear from you. Thanks to Bill for calling in from... Greenwood. We're at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're listening to Lisa Mills' song in the background. Lisa's a great friend of Rick and I's. She's from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're going to take a break. Come back if you want to talk to us, shout at us. Otherwise, we will continue to carry the weight. Deep South Dining. Be right back. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. I'm here with Rick Cleveland. Carol Puckett is away. I was away last week, and Carol's away this week. Hopefully when she comes back, she will share some of the great eats and uh, experiences she had. I have no idea where she is, but knowing Carol, it's somewhere fabuloso, wouldn't you say, Ricky? Oh, yeah. She, she doesn't go to shabby uh, road roadhouses. So, you know, we've been talking to Rick about growing up in Hasburg and being a sports writer. Can you share a few of of, of your sports moments, some of, some of the things that just rocked your world being a sports writer and getting to report on? Yeah, you know, what's funny, uh, Malcolm, is that the, 
I can't remember the score of last year's Egg Bowl, but I remember things that happened 40 years ago like they uh-huh. they happened yesterday. I mean, I saw I remember uh saw two miracles happen in a space of a few months. Uh, uh, one was uh when Tom Dempsey kicked mm. a 63-yard field goal at Tulane Stadium. It was not wind-aided. It was at sea level. <laughs> right. And it was with half a foot. I know the guy. Remarkable. Unbelievable. Uh, I remember Alex Karras, who played for the Detroit Lions, the losing team, yeah. 19 to 17. I remember that score. And uh, Alex was on Johnny Carson two nights later, and they showed the field goal. And Johnny said, "I noticed you weren't you weren't rushing the kicker." And and Alex said, "No, I was." too busy laughing at yeah. the very idea that this guy was going to kick a 63-yard <laughs> field goal. Yeah, so I saw that. Yeah. And then at the same year uh, uh, was when Archie was a senior. Archie Manning was a senior at Ole Miss, and, uh, and they were really good. And I was a freshman at Southern Miss, and our our school team was not very good. Right. And Ole Miss was coming off victories over Georgia and Alabama, and Southern had just gotten waylaid by San Diego State, and Southern beat them 30-14. to 14. And that, that, that In was Hattiesburg? A, yeah, still the biggest upset. No, in Oxford. In Oxford. In wow. Oxford. On the first game on the AstroTurf at, uh, at Hemingway Stadium, then Hemingway Stadium. Now it's Vault Hemingway Stadium. But uh, – and it was the first. Uh, it was the first time that an African American player, Willie Heidelberg, was his name. Mm-hmm. You know, made a big impact on the on the uh, you know the traditionally white school scene. Right. Right. You know? All right. We got Jim calling in from Madison. He's got a comment about restaurants and high school sports. We we love both of those. What's up, Jim? Good morning. Um, love the discussion today, guys. Um, when you first mentioned uh, Jimmy Falls in uh, Hattiesburg, it brought back a memory from the early 1960s when I was playing junior high school football in Gulfport for Burt Jenkins. Oh, oh wow. What a coach. Great fame. He's the best coach who ever lived, I promise you. The best coach I ever covered. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, he got more production out of less talent than any guy who ever lived. I promise. <laughs> yeah. He, anyway, remarkable. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. I'm just going to say he you'll was a remarkable no, coach. Jim, you'll get no argument from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we played when I was in junior high. We played Laurel Junior High one time at Laurel, and on the way back, coach was so pleased with the way we whipped up on him that he let us have the post game meal at Jimmy Fawn's, and that was my introduction. I was probably 14 years old, but. Um, just just brought back great memories of uh, yeah playing for Bert Jenkins. Man, that's that's great. And do you remember what you ate? Do you even remember the meal? I'm sure I had a steak. Yeah, because that's what we all had. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what? But, uh, well, Bert, I, Bert you know, had a great junior high meal budget. <laughs> well, let me tell you, dude, playing Laurel was special because the first year that Coach Jenkins coached after he got out of college. Um, Laurel, the coach at Laurel, ran score up on him unnecessarily. Uh-huh. And so he relished beating Laurel. <laughs> and we had just beaten the stew out of him. 
I mean, we, we beat them like 50 to nothing, and the mm-hmm. last score was a 50-yard quarterback sneak by our third-string quarterback for a touchdown. And he was so happy, he just said, I'll blow the budget for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Bert, Bert Jenkins is one of my favorite all-time people that I covered. I mean, his teams, you know, you hear people talk all the time about if you listen to sports or go to events, you hear them talk about being fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. His teams were absolutely expert on fundamentals. And we're talking high school kids. We're not talking college or pro. We're talking about fundamentals in high school. Right. The year that I, my senior year of high school, Gulfport went 46-1, and and we were the one. Wow. But we played them eight times (laughs) because we we were really good, and, and they were really good, and in every tournament we entered, we ended up playing in the championship game. Eight times in one season? Eight times. We played them in the finals of the Christmas tournaments, Thanksgiving tournaments. And then we played them in the finals of the Big Eight tournament. Uh, and the Gulfport Invitational, we played them in the finals of that. And then we uh, uh, we played them home and home. And uh-huh, the, one right, time, right. the one time we beat them was in Hattiesburg on that old – You've probably never been in the Hattiesburg High Gym. It was 10 feet longer than it was than the regulation court is supposed to be, and it had dead spots all over it. Oh, okay. So our guys would put, would would make sure to defend in a way that the Gulfport guys had to dribble on one of those dead spots. <laughs> that's that's a home field, a home court home advantage. Co- biggest home court advantage in history. And that's what it took to beat Burton's best team. I think that was his best team he ever had. Wow. Well, Jim, thanks for calling in and uh, sharing that uh, uh, culinary and sports memory. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, do you remember a place in Hattiesburg called La Fons on Hardy Street? It was right by the Dome Theater. No. Yeah. La La Fon? Yeah, and it was um uh it I think Jimmy Fon may have started it, but it was a great place. It was a meet and three place, best veal cutlets I ever had. Better than the Elite? Yes, sir. Sadly the Elite is yeah. closed. And uh, looking for new ownership. Any right. any entrepreneurial young restaurateur out there that wants to get in on the downtown Jackson scene, the Elite is for sale. You can own the building, the lot, and everything that goes with it. I want to thank Rick Cleveland for coming in today. This is Deep South Dining, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. Our show is funded by generous contributors like yourself. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you calling. And uh, we appreciate our producer, Java Chapman. Thank you, Java. That's Rick Cleveland, Malcolm White. Stay tuned now for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. Join us every Monday right here at 9 o'clock in the morning for Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio.